Welcome to Kick Back with Chris. Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Brought to you by www.midmaster.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. I hope you're all good. Um, if you've been following us on social media, you will have probably seen that I've been hinting or teasing at some changes that we're going to be going through with the podcast over the coming days and weeks. I'm not going to say months, we'll say days and weeks. Now, some of it you're going to have to be patient for because I can't say anything just yet, but other bits, like what I'm about to share with you now, I can tell you straight away, obviously. So, we're going to be changing things with the podcast a little bit. It has been about 80 episodes now that we've done, and we've played around with different formats, tried different things, you know, while I settle in, learning the whole podcast thing, and, well, just while I switched and changed because I fancied it, because I kind of could at the end of the day. But I thought it was about time now that we made a proper commitment and that I stuck to a format and that we tried something that we could continue with longer term. Now, you might have seen, that was my phone, by the way, which we it's a standard thing every episode. We <laughs> have to have a Facebook ping in there somewhere. Anyway, as I was saying, I've decided to sort of, I don't know, compromise a little bit, shall we say. So what I'm going to do is rather than having episodes that are themed on one area and then we have uh, lots of people talking about that one thing or having a guest on talking about themselves and what they do, etc., we're going to meet in the middle. So each episode going forwards now is going to be themed, okay? So regardless of what that theme is, whether it's training, whether it's nutrition, whether it's films, you get the idea. We're going to have a theme and then we're going to have guests on working around that theme so you know you guys can get some questions in ahead of time if you know it's a subject or something that you're interested in i'm just going to put my phone on mute just give us a second there we go won't beep again now so yeah we're gonna uh, we're gonna switch things up now hopefully this will mean that it gives us greater flexibility uh, more options with what we can do with the podcast and if i'm honest i've already said this before but the podcast world is a little bit saturated at the minute with martial arts podcasts where we, you know, every podcast is talking to the same person, talking about the same things, you know, and I want to do something a little bit different, okay? Back when I first started this podcast out, there was very, very few in the way of sort of UK-based podcasts. There was one or two here and there, um, kind of stopped and started, and, you know, I wanted to kind of keep mine going consistently, which we did up until COVID smacked the watsits out of the world. Um, and in that period, sort of everyone and their cat has decided they're going to do a martial arts podcast, which is fair enough. Plenty of space out there, but a lot of them are following the similar format and guest comes on, guest talks about guest stuff, and it tends to be the same people because, you know, there's not an infinite amount of people to bring on. So that's why I've decided for the change. Now, there is going to be some other news that will go alongside that. Can't quite talk about it yet. Not ready to announce it just yet. But let's just say it will mean that the podcast will be able to continue, that we'll be able to do different things. And, you know, well, let's just leave it at that for now. It, it's all good, put it that way. So this week, the theme is going to be on from the dojo to the big screen. How to get into films and TV shows, I guess. Um, so a little bit of background on myself for those that don't know, that are new to the podcast. Um, so I've been teaching full-time martial arts now for 
over 20 years. Um, I've been involved in martial arts for over 30 years. I'm, I'm getting old. <laughs> as you can probably guess from the, the, the dates I've been giving you there. But no, joking aside, I've been doing martial arts a long time. Um, alongside teaching full-time, which I would say is my um, main occupation, as well as the podcast and all the other bits and bobs, I have what I would like to consider a serious hobby. I think that's the best way to phrase it. A serious hobby, uh, working in films, TV, stage, live performance, that sort of thing. A little bit of all sorts. Now, I say serious hobby... Because it's not my main source of income. Okay, so that's not to say that when um, a production comes along that's say uh, something bigger that I won't do it. It's you know it's not that I'm going from film to film as my main source of income with my martial arts school secondary. It's my martial arts school first. And then when the opportunities come up that I can get involved with stuff, then I like to, if that makes sense. Okay, so um, just as a bit of background, I first started out um, in sort of film, TV, that sort of stuff back in 2000, late 2000, early 2001. Um, One of the very, very first things, I don't even know how it managed to happen. I kind of guess I was... Um, bombarding the right people at the right time with contents, videos, and stuff like that, which back then was a little bit more difficult because the internet was shocking, you know, dial up stuff back then. But I was sending the right videos to the right people on MSN or whatever it was back then. Um, and I managed to look in on a, a slot to perform on the Royal Variety performance, which, you know, I, I, I just don't even. It, it was such a daze uh, how it came about. One minute I was, you know, in in my bedroom. Uh, at the time, I just moved back to the town or near to the town that I grew up in. Um, I'd moved away and I'd come back, and I was actually living at my mum's house for a little bit. And I was, so I was in that bedroom, and uh, I got a call. And next thing I knew, I was going to London to to be on the Royal Variety performance, which is just totally nuts. I mean, that's now a prize. On Britain's Got Talent, and there's me, some kid from Doncaster, jumping around on the stage in front of the Queen. Crazy, crazy. But we did like a martial arts performance, and um, I sort of got a, a proper taste for that sort of thing then, and I really enjoyed it. And then from there, I went to doing, you know, little bits on TV, and some of you may have seen the uh, rather crazy kids sort of prank show called um it's actually slipped my mind for a second there what's it called anyway it'll come back to me it's got barney harwood in the guy that was uh on um master chef not too long ago there you go he's from is the kids tv presenter god what's the program called prank patrol there you go jesus my old memory's just going completely but yeah i did an episode of that um where a kid drank an energy drink and some of you probably now listening to this going oh yeah i remember that and you were probably a child and you're now an adult. She <laughs> makes me feel so old. Um, but I did that, and that that was a really good experience. Did a couple of other live TV things as well. Um, loads of independent um, films. Uh, for those of you that don't know what the difference is, so, you know, sort of a smaller budget, direct-to-DVD, sometimes cinema release, independent features, which can range from, you know, something that goes onto YouTube, which is nothing wrong with that, all the way through to, you know, stuff you can go into, like your Asdas and your HMVs and buy the DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff. Tend to be smaller scale, 
Um, I've done loads of, they've done, done a ton of those. Uh, and then at the other end of the scale, I've worked on some bigger budget stuff that's been into the cinema. Uh, I've, I've done a job abroad in China. Um, so, you know, a, a, a broad mix. Now, I do what, what's called um, specialist action, okay, or screen fighting. To clear up the confusion, uh, you know, what's the difference between that and, say, a stunt performer? So, here in the UK, we have something called uh, the Stunt Register, which is um, essentially a, a list of stunt performers and professionals. And to get onto that, that list or to that register, you have to complete a series of different uh, skills. Okay, everything from sort of horse riding to gymnastics to, to high diving to martial arts. Uh, there's um, uh, specialist driving, so stunt driving. There's loads of different stuff. Okay, and you have to complete, I believe it is six of those areas. I'm, I'm a little bit out of date with that list, but I believe it's six of those areas. Uh, and then you can apply to be on this stunt register. Okay, um, now what I do is I focus on the sort of martial arts or combat side of things, which is limiting because it means that I can only really do those things. Now, occasionally, if I'm honest, when you're working on the independent features, it will come up when there's a little bit of crossover. Um, you know, within safety, within reason, obviously, it's not that you're all of a sudden doing stunts, but, you know, sometimes there might be a small fall or a stair fall or um, something like that. We're not talking sort of fire burns or anything like that. So I, I focus primarily on the special action, which suits me because that is the primarily the thing that I am most interested in now here in the uk we call it special action you know i've done jobs abroad well they where they will automatically class that as stunts so you know it gets credited in different ways in different countries which can be a little bit of a political minefield sometimes if i'm honest but i guess the reason i'm bringing that up is you need to know where where what it is you want to do which direction you want to go in um as to what you know what you need to do if you're wanting to get into stunts if you're wanting to work in the uk and indeed in europe and further abroad as well then you will need to seriously consider going down uh the stunt register route um which is it's expensive and um, it is a huge commitment okay but the benefits from it afterwards you know are, are pretty good you know so you need to ask yourself before you set out what your intentions are what you want from this so as I say, I started out in the um, independent scene and slowly but surely sort of built up, built up, built up, built up. Now, things keeping in, in mind as well as what well, I'm 41 now. Um, I'm, you know, I get sort of semi-regular offers of, of work coming in. Um, again, it is a little bit niche because I am sort of focused on that one area. Um, but... Uh, you know, back when I was younger, there was a there was quite a lot of different stuff going on to get involved with, and they're kind of the, one of the problems that I had back then. And this is worth keeping in mind if you're starting out. You know, um, know your place, okay? Don't get too ahead of yourself. You know, look, at 21, 22, we're all very, very different, and I would say I was quite immature at sort of 21, 22. You know, some people at that age are you know quite quite mature, quite grown up. I wasn't. I was. I was inexperienced in life, you know, um, and all of a sudden I went from being Chris, the kid in the in the dojo, to being on the Royal Variety performance, just like that. And it, you know, I got a bit big for my boots sometimes, if I'm honest. I can say this now, you know, I'm a grown-up. I can accept my um, mistakes in my youth, shall I say. If I could get in a time machine, go, go back and give myself a slap round the back of the head, I most definitely would, 
Okay, um, you know, uh, just that youthful exuberance, I think, and I was lacking the the guidance, shall we say? Uh, and you know, there was a little bit of um, listening to the wrong crowd, you know, at that sort of time too. But anyway, enough of the negative. I guess all I would say from that is, if you're young and you're just getting into things. You know, especially with social media now, you know, um, it, it, I think in some ways it was better that I was doing it back then when the internet was smaller because there was a less opportunity for that ego to blow up, so to speak. Um, whereas now I see a lot of kids, you know, and, and they're, they're sort of blowing their own trumpet on overdrive. <laughs> And you just need to you need to be careful of that, you know, be wary of that. And and once something's on social media, it's there. It's there for good. Even if you delete it, it's still there. Someone might have screenshotted it. Might have, you know, they've got to be really mindful of all that sort of stuff. And there's and just remember that there's absolutely no rush. You know, take your time, learn your skills, get experience. Now, if you're wanting to go down the stunt route, you know, especially with with social media now, the really cool thing is that you can reach out and connect with people that are already on the stunt register, of which there are, I'm not going to name people, but there are some super helpful people out there that will give you some absolutely sound advice. Just be sure to speak to a number of different people just to make sure that on average you're getting, you know, you're hearing the same sort of things. You know, start little, little things to consider. Start f- uh, filming stuff now. You know, there's, there's really no excuse. You know, um, I've had the opportunity um, to sort of, without saying any production names and stuff, but, you know, get involved with, with castings and stuff before where I've had to deal with video submissions and um, and some live castings as well. But more so the video submissions. You know, the it, even back when I was doing it, if you were serious about getting into it, there wasn't really the excuse of, oh, well, I can't, I can't get the video footage, you know. I found somebody that had a camcorder. I rented a hall... Uh, we went in there, I jumped around, I did some kicks and fl- flipped around a little bit. Uh, we went back to this guy's house. He actually had a cam- uh, capture card for his PC, which back then was, oh my days. The the time it took to output video files was horrendous. You were talking hours and hours and hours to, to render tiny clips, really low quality, like 640 by 480 clips. So back then, you know... Even though you, it wasn't a legitimate excuse, you could kind of get away if somebody said, oh, I've not really got access to equipment. You know, if you were serious or you were keen, you found it. I found it. You know, it was doable. But now, now you can buy, you know, like a hundred quid smartphone that's got, all right, it's not the world's greatest camera, but it's going to do the job, you know, and you can edit it on there. You can upload it from the phone straight onto YouTube. So you've really no excuse now to not have... Uh, video f- footage of what you can and can't do. There's no point trying to talk people and go, you know, oh, oh, I can do this and I can do that. Um, you know, you've got to be able to show what it is that you can do. You know, um, that would be straight away a top tip. Photos. Again, you know, ideally you do want to get pro headshots and stuff like that at some point. But to start with, you've got your phone, you can get photos. You know, if you've got nobody that can take them for you, stand them on a wall, do a selfie, put it on timer mode. There are always options, you know. And I like to think initially that something is better than nothing, okay. Too many people use the excuse, oh, I can't, I don't have access to this pro thing and that, that, that. No, something is better than nothing and you can always build on that. You know, build up from that point. So, um, yes, anyway, 
Uh, moving on to today's guest. Now, this person I have been a friend of for decades now, for such a long, long time. Um, I do actually talk a little bit about how I got to know him and stuff within the interview, so I won't spoil that. But, you know, he's been involved in the martial arts movie world for as long as I can remember. You know, um, very, very experienced, very knowledgeable, super, super helpful. You know, again, which I talk about with him a little bit in the interview. Now, uh, this interview, I've been trying to, we've been trying to tie this down for for years, you know, um, and we finally managed to make it happen uh, with the time window. You know, there's there's a time difference. I believe it's about eight hours time difference. Um, so, you know, trying to tie it in with his schedule and mine has just been a bit of a headache, but we have got there. So, um, I'd like to hand over now to the one and only Mr. Mike Leader. You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Okay, guys, so joining me from what is pretty much, pretty much the other side of the known universe, at least an eight or nine hour time difference. Somebody I've been wanting to get on this show now for a very, very long time. Somebody that I've known both for the industry and as a friend now for far, far longer than I care to disclose. Joining me on the phone now is Mr. Mike Leader. I'm, I'm doing you, you a round much. of applause um, at the moment, if anybody can hear. Uh, please, I need, this, I need the sound of one hand clapping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> normally, normally followed by my, my, my head getting smacked and me going, ouch. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's quite worrying to realize that when I first spoke to Chris, he was but a youngster. And now, while he's still a youngster compared to me, he's not quite as young as he was, which makes me very, very old. Do you know what yeah. the scary thing is? I think I was actually a teenager. Okay, I'm going to hang up now. Bye-bye. Yes. Because I, I, I was a teenager. <laughs> and I've just turned 41, so that, I think that puts into context there. <laughs> it's been a long time. Bloody kids. I know. I have socks that are older than that yeah so do i funnily enough (laughs) (laughs) cool so the theme for this week as everybody listening knows is essentially from the dojo to the big screen which is a a lot to cover but it's probably one of the most common questions that gets sent in from listeners whenever we're doing anything covering uh, movie work and sort of getting into films and the ins and outs Um, and i thought there was no better person to approach on this one than you sir because you've kind of well, you've kind of done a little bit of everything, really, haven't you, from um, your involvement with Impact Magazine all the way through to, you know, working with a huge, without wanting to blow smoke up your hair so too much, but with a massive, massive long list of celebrities, people that will know from across the industry, um, and then everything in between as well. So I thought with a man of your experience. Right, the check is in the post, by the way. Um, so uh, I thought what would be nice is to go back right, right the way back to the start, you know, um, and, and how we, Mike Leader came to be all the way over in Hong Kong getting involved in the movie industry. Um, wow. Okay. Um, well, I, I, did, I did the, uh, how to say, born and raised in Croydon, which in England, which was, uh, when, I, when I was there, was quite nice. Uh, sadly, doesn't seem to have doesn't seem to have aged as gracefully. Is it your um, fault? It's possibly my fault. You know, um, either that or I blame a girl called Kathy Burke who told me to leave, and I did. So it could be her fault. Um, no, basically, uh, I I I did you know uh, the education system and 
basically how to say it without sounding i think i was reasonably intelligent but just i kind of i didn't take school very seriously unfortunately um and then you know managed to get through the through the gces and cses uh went to college uh then began university and then i uh, got asked to leave for misbehaving um and then uh ended up doing the old nine to five uh because while i'd always been interested in film and tv and everything the in the uk it seemed very much like a closed door and very mm. if you don't know the right person and the right handshake um you're never going to get in so i was i was like doing the nine to five kind of wondering what i wanted to do with my life always been a fan of like uh, Hong Kong movies and martial arts movies and action movies and um, kept kept seeing at the time a lot of Westerners popping up in them and I did kind of think well maybe if I went there if I'm lucky maybe I'll, I'll, I'll get to, to to see a movie being made or to meet you know see one of my, my, my film, the film stars I like or something and maybe if I'm really lucky I might get to work on a movie or something so I took a leave of absence from my job <laughs> um, at Alders of Croydon, um, <laughs> thinking I'd be back in maybe eight to 12 weeks. And that was 31 years ago. <laughs> wow. The place and, is still open then, I'm assuming, or is it? No, 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 no. It, it, it finally went under a few years ago. But um, oh, dear. every year they would send me a very nice, uh, hi, Mike, <laughs> see if you come back. And I'd be like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> but if you keep the job open, it's always nice to have something to fall back on. Um, and then, of course, unfortunately, one of the reasons they went bankrupt was somebody had stolen all the money in the pension scheme. So Ooh. I was like, damn, all my pension contributions have gone. Yeah. Um, but no, so basically with looking back now, a really lack of preparation, I jumped on a plane to Hong Kong Uh basically on a whim and a prayer and just thought, I'm going to go to Hong Kong and see if I can maybe, you know, meet some people making films or something. And, um, yeah, 31 years later, I'm still here. Yeah. That's incredible. That's, that's a really compressed version. I like that. that I'm, I'm impressed with that. But, um, so, I mean, the really interesting thing here as well is, um, how we actually got to know each other is, through pretty much the exact subjects that we're going to be talking about today. I mean, I contacted you as I say, as a sort of 19, 20 year old, super keen, you know, um, how would I describe myself? Where did it all go wrong, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember, you know, sending, sitting down and writing the email and then rewriting the email and then rewriting the email, you know, cause it was a big deal to me back then. And, um, yeah, I remember. I remember you sent me a very, very, very polite, um, if in-depth reply at the time. I probably still got the email somewhere as well, to be honest. Okay. I think actually, no. I'll, I'll tell a lie. It's framed. It's on my wall in my bedroom. There, I've got it out the way. Okay, I'm sure. I'm sure that's just what your wife appreciates. <laughs> She's like, okay, wedding pictures and an email from some guy called Big Mike. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. you know, I, I know that over over the years, really fortunately, and you know. Um, through your good grace as well i've been able to work on lots of different productions over here in the uk and you actually um managed to get me on a plane and fly me out to china once as well once upon a time um oh was it 2007 i believe it was yeah no i mean how to say the the funny thing is and this isn't just because 
we're, we're chatting. Um, a lot of people contact me, but and anyone who reads follows my Facebook will often see me go, <laughs> but heck's sake, um, a lot of people contact me with a ridiculously stupid attitude that sometimes I'm not sure is just naivety or just absolute ego um, and the wrong way to contact me. Like, uh, how to say, you know, people sending me messages in text speak. Ah, yes. um, you know, I think it good, right? You put me in a movie, right? Yeah, because I'm good. In it. You know, um, <laughs> and or just I'm really I'm a huge star. My fan club tells me, you know, it says it wants to see me in Hong Kong films. And I'm like, really? Who's your fan club? How did they become your fans? Yes. You know, um, but I think you sent me a very polite email uh, introducing yourself. I think you attached either a compressed video file or a link to where I could download or watch your showreel, yeah. some photographs. And I think basically, you, you know, it was along the lines of, dear sir, I want to kick people in the head. Something like that, probably. Yeah. I still um, use that now anyway. That's the, that's yeah, the start no, of all um, my emails. It, it was it was my thing. And the, the funny thing is a lot of people go, well, Mike, why do you answer people's messages? And why do I go? Because the reason I was able to stay in Hong Kong and get work is people were nice to me. Yeah. So I try and like, uh, you know, work it back. Um, I'll, I'll give most people the benefit of the doubt. And unfortunately over the years, sometimes I've given the wrong people the benefit of the doubt. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, and it's just a case of, you know, it's very easy to be, well, yeah, you know, you've approached me the wrong way and this isn't the right way and everything. When you start, it's very hard to know what the right way is. Yes. Um, a little bit of common sense helps, which sometimes does amaze me that people contact me with the wrong attitude. But um, be polite, uh, be respectful without kissing someone's ass. Mm. Um, it's it's a good place to start. Like, uh, I'll happily look at someone's reel and give them the, and give them some feedback. Of course, the funny thing is sometimes people then get upset when I do give them yep. feedback. You know. Yeah, that that's true. I mean, I I remember, you know, when I back, it was a back in the days of Windows Media format, the old WMV things that were like the the size of a postage stamp, probably now. But I remember sending that video over, and you sending back some very honest, constructive criticism, which was right. And I went away. I remember I went away and I made the changes and I sent it back again. And I remember being very conscious of making an effort to get it done quickly, and, and get it sent back. Um, oh no! But see, I know see, that's, that's that's something. It, it sounds stupid that is very how to say very important to me like uh there's i get people message me and they send me their stuff and they're like yeah i want to get into film and i want to do this and then I'll, I'll look at their reel and i'll give them some feedback and i go oh okay cool and then a year or two later they send me the reel again and they're like oh i've made the changes and i'm like um well i haven't seen your reel in two years you know and if this is the amount of changes you've made in two years, you're not really taking it very seriously. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, and I think that's the problem that it's very easy to, okay, we all have an ego. We all yeah. like to have our egos you know, brushed at times, but the problem is a lot of people, 
and okay, I'm probably going to upset most of the martial arts world for saying this, but a lot of people. <laughs> I've done it anyway. In, a lot of people are big fish and a little pumped. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the best kicker in my dojo, so all my students say I'm the best. Yeah. Or it's like um okay, remember in the late in the late nineties when every single person would do that capoeira move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the hand down on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would get people send me that and on their resume say, I'm a capoeira stylist. And I'd be like, oh, really, show me. And they'd do that move. And I'd be like, no, if you're a capoeira guy, show me some capoeira. Mm. You know, and you know, people would be like, oh, yeah, you know, I can do all this stuff, but I didn't put it on my reel. <laughs> and, I, you know, and I'd be like, yeah, but you've got to show... Not only you can punch, not only you can kick, not only you can do a weapon, but you can do a reaction, you can do a combination. Um, not going to mention his name, but uh, it's a guy who every couple of months for a while would send me his showreel and tell me how he wants to get into film. And the first time he sent me a showreel, I said, look, I'm really sorry, but this is so edited. Not once do you do a complete movement. I see you begin a flip. I see a flip in the air then i see you landing but none of them are continuous you know they're all super edited to the point of you can't see anything um and then he you know a couple of months later send me the exact same reel mm. you know yeah. and i'd be like no dude you're not really paying any attention you know and he's like yeah but i'm like no this isn't gonna impress someone sent me a reel the other week and i think i may have upset them because i said look this kick is fantastic, but you do it 15 times on your reel. Yeah. You're like, I was like, in a row. Yeah. Not even like interspersed with other stuff. You know, you're doing the same, you know, spectacular flip over kick in different locations, but one after another. Yeah. Um, and I said, like, it's going to, people are going to go, oh, okay, that's all you can do. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you get the others. Like, there's a, a guy, he sent me a three hour show reel. My goodness. <laughs> uh, no, no. See, this is what's funny is, and I'm probably the only idiot who would watch it. Um, but it was him going to the gym first, and he starts doing some stretching. And we're not seeing dynamic stretching. We're seeing him start up from scratch. You know, like, you know, putting his knee up in up to his chest, you know, putting his 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 leg on the bar uh, on the stretch bar whatever and after about 30 minutes you go oh, okay he's he oh he's now in a split he's now doing some kicks then he gets on to showing me that he can do running on a treadmill and there's 30 minutes of him getting on a treadmill it's an essential walking. skill running on a treadmill <laughs> no showing me that he could walk oh wow then walk fast then jog and the same thing like and i i sent him he was like what do you think and i said well look i watched your show reel on fast forward because nobody i said you know i'm probably the only person who's going to watch a three-hour show reel and i went there's nothing on there that made me go wow yeah, yeah and i said nine out of ten people are going to have turned it off after 10 seconds and he sent me back a very, oh, well, you know nothing. This is how we do it in South Africa, va 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 va. To which I replied, hi, please check out the showreels of these four other South African martial artists and stunt people <laughs> whose showreels were two to four minutes long. Um, and 
never heard from him again until about two years ago where he messages me again with pretty much the exact same showreel and oh, you know telling me that oh he's you know been working so hard and training so hard and i'm like dude it's the exact same footage mm. um i think it's just a lot of people especially for film need to you got to step outside of the box a little bit certain stuff needs to change for films you know um yeah certain techniques might be the most devastating technique in the whole world but they don't read on film yeah. uh mm-hmm. real action unfortunately 90 percent of the time doesn't read on camera um and telling me that you could really kill me and that you're i'm really tough <laughs> doesn't really help and also, if you're really hard and you don't mind people hitting you and you like to hit people, I don't want to have you on set. Yeah. Because it, it it's... And also, people need to understand that making a, a movie fight isn't 10 seconds. Um, <laughs> yeah. The first fight we filmed on Pound of Flesh was the car fight with me and Van Damme. Oh, yes. And in that fight, I get punched in the head a lot. Um, Rather. And... and <laughs> I'm getting choked out and yeah, there's no rig. I've got Van Damme's entire weight hanging off me while we drive along the road, etc. Yeah. And at the end of that first day, this MMA champion was like, holy shit, this is very different to real fighting. Oh yes. Yeah. Because he realized it wasn't, you know, you try to hit me and I'll hit you first. It's mm. uh, the hardest thing of film fighting is I'm sure you, you, you'll recall is oh, okay. I'm going to get kicked in the head at this point. And I know it's coming. Yep. And I have to take it. Yep. And look like I'm not expecting it. Yeah, that's and, yeah. Oh, they messed up the camera angle or something, and we're going to have to do it again. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Fighting for film is, an, is a style in itself. It's, like, like we said, it's very rare someone can step off, you know, the dojo into the, into the movie without some adjustment. And, um, oh, yeah. There, as there are there are some exceptional screen fighters who don't have a day's real martial arts background, and the same way there's some of the most deadly fighters in the whole world who on screen look like they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think point. it's just a case of people have to learn how to adapt and how to adjust. And a lot of people, I find the problem is they don't want to. They've decided they're already a star. Um, but yeah, I mean, coming back to what you were saying about the the uh, transference of skills, I remember, um, you know, w- way back in the day when um, a, a young Mr. Boyask was making a film called Left for Dead, and uh, I remember working on that. And after that had finished, I ached in places that I didn't even know existed. Um, no, and this no, is exactly this is from coming because... from. I mean, I was training back then. I was training five six days a week really quite exactly. intense you're a full-time martial artist you're 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 not a weekend martial artist you're not a oh once twice a week i go to the gym it's like you're you're full-time you're training and teaching every day but when but on a movie sometimes you're doing the exact same move for 12 yeah. hours yeah you know and oh i need you to hit the floor yep 75 times yeah and or, or some idiot called Mike gets you to come to China to <laughs> run around in a, in, with vampire teeth, contact lenses in the rain, 
um, both real rain and artificial rain <laughs> and fight in a damp outfit all night. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it it people forget that, and as you said, yo, know, it's hard. That's the thing as well. I know I've come across before in my fairly limited experience compared to yourself, but I've come across you know martial artists that have come on onto set uh, more so now in my sort of older. Uh, calmer years shall we say i'll just sort of come on set now and hang hang back do what's needed get involved where's needed you know whereas back in the day you know every opportunity to flip around and do something to show off you know as we do as kids whereas now i, I see you know these you, you see them walk on and you think oh here we go here we go this is going to be the one that's uh 25 times world champion and the hardest man in the world um and then the moment the action starts they're, they're, they're complaining Oh my, oh, my arms are hurting. Oh, this is bad. And oh, I can't, you know, uh, and uh, uh, the, by the end of the day, their attitudes very quickly changed once they oh, realized exactly. it's not and, pretending. And that's the thing that people forget. Like, um, I've brought people over who are real, you know, champion fighters and have done film, and suddenly they're in a Hong Kong movie and it's suddenly fight training 101. And there ain't rehearsals. We're going full. Yeah, you know, we're going straight for it. Um, and that is the crazy thing that you know, you you know, it's you got to be prepared to roll with it. And yeah, the guys who come in and want to show off their fancy kicks and mm. everything all the time. Yeah, nine out of ten times are either the guys who get tired really quickly. Yes. Or they kick someone in the face, or they can't get the timing and. Of course, it's never their fault. Um, you know, it's, yeah, you've got to learn to adapt and you've got to be humble and you've got to understand that sometimes you're going to be the punching bag. Yeah. And sometimes, unfortunately, you're going to get hit for real. Yeah. You know, maybe by accident or maybe because a specific shot calls for it. Yeah. But um, anyone who thinks making an action movie or a martial arts movie is easy, please come and work on one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I think the thing that people forget is they they see the, the the two minutes on the screen and they think, oh, that's what I want to do, and then they don't realise the days, sometimes weeks that goes into that. It's not it's not as straightforward or as easy as a lot of people suspect, and that's where you know uh, I I quickly changed up the way that I train to to cope with it because you know we. We we see the the finished product, the action film, and we think, oh, I want to be Jackie Chan. I want to be Jet Li. I want to be Jean-Claude Van Damme. But the reality is you're going to be the one taking the hits and falling on the ground. And, and you know, whereas, yeah, you need to keep your skills sharp. Your martial arts skills need to be sharp. You know, knowing how to take a reaction and, and understanding that, you know, if you don't train it at the end, you know, within an hour or so, your neck is destroyed. But you've got no, to do no, no. this it's, every it, day for exactly. a week. And, and that's... That's something I wish people would, would understand. That, you know, it's fantastic. You can do a 720 spinning kick. Mm. But can you just do a head snap when I punch you? Yes. You know, um, and like you said, do do 20 head snaps in a row. It starts to hurt. It does. <laughs> you know? It really and, does. You know, and I think that's where a lot of people do mess up. And, you know, when you're trying to explain to people, no, you've got to learn how to get hit. Oh, but I'd never get hit in a real fight. Mm. Um and yeah, it's getting people to understand that you know you got to learn how to take a hit. You got to learn reactions, um, and the same thing that you know the stuff that your mates might think is excellent may not be excellent. Um, yeah, 
Yes. And, you know, even though you're in this movie, it doesn't mean you're going to necessarily get to do this cool technique you want to do. And you may have to get killed with a move that perhaps you don't think would kill you in real life or wouldn't have that effect on you. Mm. Um, I cannot tell you the amount of times I've had people on set going, yeah, but that wouldn't work in real life. I'm like, you're fighting a ninja. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, um, or we're, you know, we're fighting on the, on the surface of another planet yeah. or this is a zombie. Something like, I know it wouldn't work. Okay. But that's how you're dying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of people really do need to understand that film, that fighting for film or for TV is a style in its own. You've got to adapt and, you know, it takes some learning. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you, you've probably got experience where you went in there thinking this and you yep. came out thinking something else. Um, Absolutely. I'm sure I'm, you know, like, and the same thing and without sounding stupid, you've always been receptive to advice and to training oh, yeah. and to, to things, but there's a lot of people who, who don't want to listen. You know, they've decided this is my style. Um, and no, I don't have to do that. And, you know, it's yeah. It like I said, I I you know that Capiera move. I used to get sent that all the time, or people doing <laughs> some strange pose with a weapon. I'd be like, "Do you know how to use that weapon?" Yeah, I'm like, "Okay, can you show me?" <laughs> oh, and I'd be like, "Don't send it to me if that's the thing." Um, I remember there was a guy here, and on his showreel he had a beautiful split on his on it. No, not on his show, on his cop card on his photographs. Right. I said, fantastic, show me it. He went, what? I went, show me that split. And he went, oh, it's taking me about 45 minutes to an hour. I went, and take it off your comp card. <laughs> you know, oh, because dear. it took him 45 minutes to get down into the splits, and then he couldn't walk for about an hour afterwards. Oh, jeez. You know, and I said, that's the problem. Don't have stuff on your showreel you can't do. Don't have stuff on your showreel that you can do once. Um the same way you get people, I've had people send me stuff and I go, this is fantastic, but all of that's on the gymnastics floor. Yes. You're like, yes, yeah. Can you do that on concrete? Yeah. Um, there's a very good friend of mine, uh, Brahim Achibaki, uh, Brahim Chab, uh, French Moroccan based in Thailand. And you'll often see videos of Brahim in the park in Thailand, kicking, punching, flipping, tricking, doing reactions on concrete mm. um and if you can do it on concrete you can do it on a gym floor and you can do it on a nice padded floor but being able to do it without there being you know something to give is very useful is very good you know the worst thing is when people are like oh i can only do that under these conditions yes you know i can do i can do a front somersault on a trampoline it's still messy as hell but i can do it but you know yeah but don't don't put on your resume. Oh, I'm a gymnast. I can do this. I can do that. Um, and that's something as well. Same thing is, don't lie on your resume. Years ago, I remember being at the American film market, and I'm introduced to someone, and they tell me how they've just worked on the latest movie with uh, Yun Wu Ping as the main villain. Nice. And I'm like, really? And I went, yeah, yeah. I was there for months. I was like, wow, was that true legend? And he went, yeah. And I went. Because I did all the casting for True Legend, <laughs> and I was on set for the whole movie, and I never saw you. Oh, and I sent my stuff in. I'm like, that's not actually what you said. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> well, 
when we did um, abduction with Scott Adkins, we were filming a flashback scene in Guangzhou in China and uh, had a lot of Westerners on the set because it's a flashback set in England. Yeah. And at the time I had a full head of a rarely seen full head of hair and a full beard for the role I was playing in the movie. <laughs> and one of the extras comes over to talk to me and he's telling me how he's not really an extra. He's an actor and he's just here to network. And I'm like, okay. And then proceeds to go on about how he's not even just an actor. He's a star in China. Okay. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. And I ask him, what are some of the projects you've starred in? And he proceeds to you know, reel off a whole bunch of credits, including a movie called Helios. Mm-hmm. And I say, Helios, the movie starring Jackie Jung and Sean Yu and mm-hmm. uh, you know, Nick Jung, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, cool. Um, what role do you play in that? And he says, well, I play the bodyguard to the main bad guy in this big scene in a car park. And I went, you mean the scene where I'm the bad guy? And, <laughs> you know, and he's like, no, not that scene, the scene in Macau. And I go, where I play my twin brother. <laughs> and he's like, oh dear. Ah. I'm like, okay, dude, you can leave the set now. Um, wow. And this is the problem that, um, you know, there's a lot of people as well. They'll get their first work, and suddenly you find out they starred in that movie because um, they've gone on IMDb and they've either added themselves to IMDb or they've listed themselves as number one in the credits. That you know, be be real. Like hype yeah. is one thing, bullshit is something else. Um, don't try and sell yourself as a superstar. Um, I do have an issue with people trying to sell the image of being a superstar. You know, the whole, I am a big superstar. I'm the biggest name on the planet. You know, if you, if how's like, if you're in a movie, you're in a movie. If you're featured in the movie, that's fantastic. That's already an achievement, but don't claim you're the star. If you're not the star, mm-hmm. if you're the star of a Jackie Chan movie, you're Jackie Chan. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Was, Yes. Um, but the amount of times I get people telling me they're the star of this movie or they're the star of that, um, the same way, if you want to contact me about a movie, be polite. Um, when we did Blood the Last Vampire, um, you will recall that I made a somewhat panicked call Yes. saying, hey, I need to find a bunch of Western martial artists and stunt guys to be in this movie. And I think I called you on a Tuesday and needed you to be in Hong Kong the following Tuesday. That's right. I was, I was in a, I was actually on my way back from Amsterdam with just myself and young Mr. Andy Taylor. We were, uh, yeah, we were on our way back from Amsterdam. We'd just been doing some um, previous stuff for a project that was, it never happened, but yeah, um, yeah, we were on our way back from there. When and, you gave me the, the call. Thing is, I, I literally, I messaged 50 people and I said, look, apologies for the, you know, for the last minute call, mm. but, you know, they've decided they want to add some Westerners to the scene. Bah, 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 bah. This is the deal, but I need to hear back from you ASAP. And you responded, uh, you recommended Andy Taylor, who was fantastic. Uh, Jude Poyer came, uh, Cyrus Neuros from Australia. 
etc. A whole bunch of people were you know were ready to come. Yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't. Yeah, you know, I couldn't bring everyone. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. you guys came were great. Um, and then about a month and a half later, I get a shitty email from this guy in England complaining that I'd hired you guys and not him. And I'm like, well, I emailed you, and you've taken a month and a half to respond to your very professional email address. Yeah. Oh, you should have chased me down. I'm like, dude, I'm not here to chase you. Like, it, it's it's not my job to chase you, and especially I didn't have the time. And I think a lot of people need to understand sometimes you don't fit a role. Sometimes there's a passport issue. Sometimes there's a transportation or a location or a logistics issue. Mm. Um, you know, when we did Blood, the last vampire, if you hadn't answered your phone, yeah. I'd have probably ended up hiring someone else. Cause I needed to yeah. get people straight away. And it's not, you know, people need to understand it's not personal, but you get a lot of people who are like, Oh, you didn't hire me for this movie. You must have some hidden meaning. Oh, you hired this person. Oh, you always hire that person. Oh, I hire a lot of people because I know they can do the job. Yeah. Um, I hire people I don't like sometimes because I know they can do the job. Yeah. You know, I don't sit there and go, if you're my best friend, I'll hire you for everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it don't work that way. Yeah. There are people that I will 100% always call upon that I know can deliver. If you're right for the role, I'll put you forward. But if I don't think you can do it, I won't. You know, if you tell me, you know what, let me try, fine, I'll give you a thing. But don't be telling me how, oh, I don't like to do dialogue, I'm no good with dialogue, and then be expecting me to change everything for you. Yeah. Um, there are times where people have to say, I, I do try and see outside the box. Um, when we did Man of Tai Chi, for instance, uh, the role of the Taekwondo fighter, I used Brahim Chab. Mm. In the script, it was originally... It was a Korean guy. And I said, well, why does he have to be a Korean guy? Could he be a white guy? And mm -hmm. Keanu Reeves said, oh, that might be interesting. Who do you recommend? I called Brahim and a couple of other people and said, hey, can you send me a whole bunch of kicking footage? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. And the same thing. You know, if I, people also need to understand, sometimes, even if you've got an awesome showreel, sometimes I'm going to call you up and say, I need a specific thing. Yeah, yeah. I need... A photograph of how you look today. Yeah. I need this. I need that. Um, but a lot of your eyes, too much effort. Do you know how insulting it is to me and to the and to you yourself? If you send me a message going, oh, well, my showreel's not up to date because you know how much effort that takes. Mm. Yeah. I'm an old man. When I first began, it was VHS to VHS. Yes, I remember those days. Okay? Now, you can edit a showreel on your telephone. You can shoot it on your telephone. Yeah. But while it should be easier, I get more people making excuses of why they can't send me a showreel. Wow, really? That makes no <laughs> sense. And no, no, exactly. Sense. And, and that's the, 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 the problem, that people make all these excuses. I called a bunch of people. I actually posted about it on Facebook yeah. yesterday. I messaged a bunch of people. One guy responds immediately, hey, Mike. Good to hear from you, blah, blah, blah. Here's my latest showreel. Here's my latest resume. Here's a photograph of me today, just so you've got my most recent look, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he's like, let me know whatever else you need. I was like, thank you very much. 
Another guy. Hey, Mike, great to hear from you. Sorry, man, I've retired. Oh. I was like, oh, but he's like, great. You know, it's nice that you thought of me. He's like, you know, if I can help, like, if you want me to recommend someone else. And I was like, that's, that's, it's, that shouldn't be refreshing. Mm. But that's so rare. You know? Yeah. There are so few people, and it is something who will recommend someone else um, or who will pass on someone's contact info. Yeah. You know, it's, of course, you can't just willy nilly hand people everyone's contact information. Yeah. Um, but basically, you know, it's amazing how sometimes there'll be a casting and people won't want to share the information. Yeah. Like, and of course, you know, sometimes you will get hired because you know someone directly. But sometimes it's an open casting and people will be ridiculously, I'm not going to share the information. I'm not going to give thing. Um, I'm not trying to be like, I'd like to buy the world a Coke and, you know, teach it harmonies and everything. But <laughs> if we can all kind of help each other and share information, yeah, a lot of time it'd be easier. Um, yes. when, we, when, when I got to work on Rogue One, uh, the, the casting director from the UK called me up and she said, hey, Mike, very sorry to bother you. I'm trying to contact this actor. And I could have been a dick and gone, well, you know, you want to talk to that actor, you're going to pay me some money. Mm-hmm. You're like, talk is cheap. But this person has hired me for other jobs. And I was like, yeah, sure. Here's the contact information for that actor. There you go. Yeah. Five minutes later, she called me back and said, hey, Mike, what if I hired you to do the, some of the casting for me? In there Hong Kong, China. there you go. Yeah, and probably if I'd been a dick and been like, "Oh, sorry, I can't give you the contact," you know how it is. Yeah, I wouldn't have got the job. Yeah, um, and I think that sometimes is the problem that people forget that sometimes, you know, you do someone a favor and they'll pay it back. Mm. Unfortunately, it's not always going to happen, but you know, sometimes you give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, uh, okay, when we did Blood, The Last Vampire, I could have been a dick and gone, but Chris, you've never actually worked on a huge production mm. before. I can't hire you. Yeah. I was like, if I did that, then I'd never hire anyone. Yeah, exactly. And I seem to remember that you said to me, hey, Andy Taylor's with me. He's really good. I said, are you sure? Do you really think he can do it? And you said, mm. yeah. And I went, okay, yep. let's give him a chance. You know, it's you know you know people have to you know put the egos down a bit you know like you know Mm. you're not perfect for every role you're not going to get every role sometimes you're going to be perfect for a role and you still won't get it because an opinion will change or somebody's mate will get the role yep um i've had projects where i've gone this is completely not the person we were looking for but it fits the bill or the director liked it um, but I think a lot of people need to understand that, you know, present yourself in a professional way, you yeah. know, don't present yourself as I am the bee's knees. You know, I'm perfect. Da, da. Yeah. Don't present yourself as I know nothing. Please give me a chance, but just be yeah, fine balance. Here's my information. Here's my thing. Yeah. Some people will try and tell you, oh, no, you've got to present yourself as, look how professional I am, look how much experience. I'm like, no. If you've never done anything before, 
I'll still look at your work because maybe you're incredible. Yeah. People also need to understand that when the chance comes, sometimes you've got to be ready. You're yeah. not always going to get a three-month lead-in or a two-month lead-in. You've got to, you know, it annoys me sometimes when people go, well, if you hire me, I'll go to the gym. Yeah. You know, I'm not in super physical condition. I have occasionally I get the one thing of some someone will go, well, Mike, you know, <laughs> you need to go to the gym and train. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not selling myself as an action dude. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you're not going to get the prep. Sometimes you're not going to get the current, the rehearsals. Sometimes you're going to literally get off the plane and start fighting. Yeah. You've got to be ready. Just a lot of people need to understand that, that it's a case of when the chance comes, you've got to be ready. You know, you can't just expect your months of prep and months of negotiations and everything. Same way, budget-wise. I have worked on some movies where I got paid a lot of money and I had the worst experience of my life. Yeah. And there are other projects where I got paid a small amount of money and had one of the best experiences of my life, mm. you know, and please don't come in with the mindset. Well, I read that this guy got X. So yeah. I want X. Of course, try not to work for free because otherwise it's often you can end up with people just assuming that's all you'll, that you'll yeah. work for free forever. But at least at the beginning, start to show people what you can do, show people you and also it sounds really turn up on time yeah little things like that yeah. yeah turn up on time be professional don't turn up stinking of booze yeah don't turn up and complain about everything um don't try and live stream from the set don't <laughs> no. post tons of pictures on social media when you're not allowed to yeah. um don't do interviews about your starring role um yeah. if you don't get a role don't start complaining that, you know, someone in Hong Kong is messing with your career. <laughs> no, you're not an actor. You know, this is an acting role. You weren't thing. Um, yeah. It frustrates me that a lot of people try to make that excuse. Oh, the reason I didn't get that job is this person didn't like me or this thing. I said, there are people I don't like that I can hire. Mm. If you can do the job, I can roll with a lot of things yeah but the problem is there's some people that i love but i would never have them on a film set because i know they're just going to mess around mm. or they're not gonna gonna roll with it um you know it's i've said it before attitude is just as important as skill yeah if not more so there are people that i've realized okay they may not have the greatest skill set but they come in with the right attitude. They're easy to work with. They'll roll with everything. They're helpful. They're polite. They, they know what they're doing. They're safe. Okay. And then there are other people that I go, as soon as they finish, please get them off the set. Cause I hate them. You know, <laughs> and I hate everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think actually that's a good way to finish up. Cause one of my other jobs as everybody knows, uh, most people know is an, as a, working as an instructor. And in three minutes, I have a whole ton of students waiting for me on a Zoom call. So <laughs> I could do this all day, but unfortunately, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm at the mercy of a bunch of kids. So, <laughs> no, thanks, thanks for your time. Really do appreciate it. No, no. Well, look, go and have a, a good thing of teaching, and I will speak to you a little bit later. Cool. Nice. Thanks again. Okay. Enjoy our podcast. 
please remember to subscribe, rate and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today. So, so, so much knowledge and information in there. It's one of those ones where you're going to have to go back and re-listen to it over and over again. Mike is one of those people where, you know, he'll, he will go out of his way to help everybody, you know, and, you know, from being a, just to share some experiences. And again, I'm not going to name individuals, but... When I was coming up, when I was first starting, and bearing in mind, I'm not really sort of anybody really in the in the grand scheme of things with the movie industry. But when I was first starting out, sort of 1920-21, you know, I, as I said earlier, I was quite immature and I was quite young looking as well. That was one of the things that I I was really frustrated with it at the time. But what, you know, what can you do with genetics? It is what it is, you know. You 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 can't really make yourself look older other than having kids but anyway um, you can't really make yourself look older you kind of just have to wait for it to happen and Mike was always very very honest but very very polite with how he put things to me and what his suggestions were and what I could change what I could do whereas I contacted some people I remember one one time where I you know bearing in mind the difference to, to Hong Kong I got up at I can't remember something like Half four in the morning, UK time. Um, finally, built up the courage to f- to phone somebody um, in Hong Kong, um, only for the person to sort of belittle me and sort of make fun quite clearly on speakerphone in the office, so that the other person, other people, could hear. Um, and it was nothing more than just to be, you know, having an ego trip, you know. Um, now, this person. I don't really have any, well, I don't have zero connection or dealings with at all anymore. Um, nor would I have it any other way, to be to be honest. Um, but, you know, you've. But I could quite easily have been discouraged completely or put off at that point. But, you know, due to people like Mike and, and others as well, um, I kept up with it, which I'm really thankful for because it's meant that I've had some fantastic opportunities and I've gone on to do um, loads of other stuff that sort of... Uh, offshoots of of doing the film stuff you know um for example now i'm working with uh you know one of the directors on uh, jc dragon's heart europe which is a charity um connected to jackie chan and getting to be involved with that charity and knowing that we're doing good things to help out people that need their help and that's all come about sort of as a knock-on or a, a, a an offshoot of doing the, the film stuff now I am still involved in productions again you know um, a, a real mix some of you will have seen the bits that I did in uh, Tribal Get Out Alive um, towards the back end of last year beginning of this year I believe it is still on Amazon I think to watch I should really know that Sorry, Vickers are anybody from it that's listening now. Sorry, um, but that was you know that was a great experience. Um, got to you know get involved with some of the the martial arts uh, choreography stuff, and you know two different fight sequences uh, that I got to you know work on, um, albeit in a fairly small capacity because that was the the, the nature of the scene and the time constraints and everything. Um, but that you know that's led on to other possible opportunities that have come from there so you know um hopefully this this has been some help to you you know if if you're still unsure um 
get in touch with me. Um, I'll, I'll help if I can in my limited capacity. As I say, there are loads of people out there that you can reach to. I know you can get in touch with the British Stunt Register if you go through their website. Um, their admin team, if you drop them an email, I'm sure they'll send you out an up-to-date list of all the requirements from that side of thing if that's what you want to get into. If you're looking to go more down the acting route, um, you know, there's an infinite amount of options there with regards to getting involved with acting so you know look out for uh, options in your in your local area uh, or again get on the internet and, and search out for groups on there but anyway it is now time for our weekly match up with mr matthew chapman I'm not sure where he is in the country this time around whether he's in a car whether he's in a hotel whether he's at home let's find out okay so joining us now on the phone is mr matthew chapman Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. Good afternoon, sir. Are you having uh, snow? Uh, no. Oh. We've had snow. We've had snow. But before before we get to the weather, we've got to we've got to spin the wheel of where is Matt this week? <laughs> so Behind. sadly, sadly <laughs> Matt this week is in his own house uh, dealing with uh, kids running about and screaming. So you might hear a bit of background. Homeschooling. Yeah, no, yeah. Yes. Front, front, fronted adverbials. Oh. Proper, proper noun phrases. It's amazing what kids learn these days. Like, I don't, I don't remember learning any of this stuff at school. I Maybe I wasn't paying attention. But, like, my, my, my son, who's eight, would come back to me and say, oh, you haven't put that supposition in the right place. And I'm like, <laughs> Here's a sticker. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's actually taught me stuff. So I think uh, it's pretty impressive what kids learn or have been learning, you know. It'll be really interesting to see how many of those pissy Facebook posts from people that kick off about teachers will disappear once this is all gone. I think they'll be like, oh, God, actually, they do a pretty good job, don't they? (laughs) They really should do, shouldn't they? I mean, they do a really amazing job and they're not, you know, paid sufficiently for it. So ultimate respect to the teachers out there. Absolutely. If this is what they're having to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. And and it's just, you know, we've got like two or three kids in our house. They've got a class of 30, 35 kids. I mean, I can't imagine how hard that is to control. Oh, I don't even want to think about it. But um, so um, how's things been? been Obviously, uh, you know, lockdown 3.0 seems to be dragging a little bit. Um, My favourite lockdown was lockdown 2.0 because that was only (laughs) That was only a month. But I like that. We've got favourite <laughs> lockdowns now. We've, yeah, we've got yeah. that many that we can pick favourites. Yes. But this one seems, obviously, because of the January and the weather and the darkness, yeah. it, it seems to be dragging uh, really, really slow. So hopefully in March, things will start to open up. Things are going in the right direction. So fingers yeah, crossed. Absolutely. That's uh, something that I wanted to chat to you with, get your opinion on, actually, was that, you know, there's been whispers, rumblings in the press um that there's a possibility that we might be seeing now and if anyone's listening to this don't quote me on this this is just this is just stuff that i've <laughs> i've read on the twitter sphere and in bits on social media but there's been chat of you know kids activities being allowed back pretty much in line with the schools returning yeah which well, is it, makes it does make sense doesn't it i mean yeah. the kids going back to school anyway they're all intermingling and doing what kids do they might as well go and do after school activities as well so mid-march you reckon you are willing to put a wager on this chris uh um... (laughs) one thing i've learned during this whole process is never to place bets on anything regarding government announcements true 
yeah, yeah. It's uh, you can never tell, right? We might go back into another lockdown 4.0. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. So you know, the the, the uh, who knows? You know, we 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 might we might get hit with the South Essex version of coronavirus or the Timbuktu variant of coronavirus. We just don't know, do we? It's you know. No, but they've, they've just announced on Monday they're doing the new thing, isn't it? That if people come in from a red zone, they have to isolate in a hotel for 10 days at their own expense, which is going to yeah. cost them a minimum of £1,750. It's like Monopoly. Yeah. Or go to wow. prison for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do not pass go. Do not collect yeah. £200. Go straight to prison. Uh, which I, I understand. I mean, that maybe yeah. should have been bought in a long time ago because we might not have a Brazilian variant in, in the UK. But uh, it, it's pretty, you know, they're going pretty full on on it now, which is what they needed to do, I, I kind of think. Yeah, they would have had a lot less people going. Oh, you know, you may go on. It's okay. You won't get caught. It'd be fine. I mean, yeah. I think I think that the the prospect of a ten year prison sentence would be enough to put people off quite a lot of things, really. Yeah. You know? Well, there was this a uh, celebrity guy who um, basically recorded himself at home, but then went away on holiday <laughs> and uploaded Smart. the recordings of him at home onto Facebook while he was swanning it up in Dubai or somewhere. Uh, he got caught out, unfortunately, and that would have been, yeah, a nice 10 grand fine. And so there, there are people out there like that who are just totally disregarding the rules and doing what they like. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm positive for a, um, something around March time. I think it, it, it makes sense. You know, if the if the vaccinations keep going in the right direction, if the infection numbers are coming down, it would make sense to you know to to open things up for the kids because they're so resilient. But it, it's clear that they're they're feeling it now. Um, yeah. I mean, adults, bless us. We were all we were all knackered within a week of the first lockdown. Let alone <laughs> let alone this this amount of months later. But the kids have have stood up to it really well. But yeah, it, you can see it's really starting to get to them now. And yeah, um, I think to be fair to them and their future, it 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 really is right to to get them back as quickly as possible. Yeah. What do you think about the options they're considering about extending school days and shortening holidays? Um, I think, I think we need to be open to, to, to all options. Um, although I think really it should be done on a voluntary basis because for example, with, with, with my, one of my kids, um, she is really, really heavily into her gymnastics. Her her goal in life is to go to the Olympics and compete for the country. Wow! You know, and that's what she wants to do. And if I'm honest, having an extra hour of maths on a Monday evening <laughs> is going to help her to achieve that goal. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that it's not important. Of course, it is. The ed- education is important. But that's an. I mean, she's doing gymnastics pretty much every evening. Well, she was yeah. before all of this happened. You know, so I, I I don't think it would be right to sort of impose it as a as a new national approach to education. I think it should be there for those that want to take advantage of it. Um, personally, yeah. yeah, yeah, good call. Um, well, we'll see if they actually actually do it, but it, it's an interesting idea. And, and shortening the summer holidays, you know, I, I don't quite understand why the summer holidays are so long anyway. I mean, it's one. I think it's one of those. It's always been like that. Therefore, we will always do that. It's like the whole British summertime thing, isn't it? And yeah. changing clocks. We've we've stuck with that for 
far too long, really. The rest of the world's moved on, and we're still, <laughs> we're still messing we about like to toddlers with clock changes, you know? We like tradition, don't we? We'll stick to it. But what, what is the point of having eight weeks off in the summer for the kids? Um, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Like like some... Eight weeks is a long time, isn't it, to have yeah. off? Yeah. Like, roaming about doing nothing and and being bored. Um, of, of course, I loved it when I was a kid. Yeah. But... <laughs> now I'm an adult. I like send them back to school after three weeks. Like, what's the eight weeks about? There'll be some. There'll be some equation somewhere. Somebody will calculate it. So many days a year for education. Right. Calculated. Yeah, that's probably so. calculated like in 1847 or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, probably when they were still sending the kids up chimneys at the weekends as well. You know oh, I mean? so. Yeah, they wanted them to work on the farms during the during mm-hmm. the summer. It's a weird one, but um, yeah, I mean, it, I think things, I think a flexibility and approach to those types of things is is a good idea. And hopefully, like you say, maybe mid March, it'd be nice to get back into your school, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I could live, I could live with that with my school. I mean, I. I I feel for those that, you know, either do grappling arts or um, those that, you know, just only teach adults, because I think both of those are going to be a long way off yet. A long way off. I I think they'll, I mean, they may let us back with some form of socially distanced adults type sessions, but I I think that they're probably going to edge more towards the go and play out in your fields for a bit like they did last year. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, I think, at the time when we were given that option last year, it was okay. But if they're doing that sort of mid-March, I mean, looking out my window now, it's like minus five, <laughs> three inches of ice. You know, I, 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 the idea of going out training in that right now for me is just not. I mean, I don't like outdoor training at the best of times, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. So the thought of doing that maybe March time when it's probably going to be raining every other day on a field. I don't think so. Not for me, I'm afraid. Sorry, any of my adult students that are listening in right now. Yeah, who want to train in the rainy field is not going to happen. No. no, I mean, I, I think you're right. If, if you're doing a grappling art, this must just be awful because, you know, there's only so much solo drilling stuff you can do in a grappling art. And even if you've got, like, grappling dummies you can use and your students can use, and they're hard to get hold of at the moment because obviously they're in high demand, you, you know, they haven't been open for... No. A year now? No. Yeah, there's a school close to us that um, have just recently taken over a, a location. I think they're originally sharing it with another group, and they've sort of fully taken over it, done a full refurb over sort of December, and then ready to reopen in, in, in January. And then it sort of stood, stood closed, you know? Yeah. Um, and I mean, whew. Is it a Catholic for, school, is it? Yeah, yeah, BJJ yeah. school. Yeah. You feel for them. You really do when you see that sort of thing. I mean, but what can you do? Um, I mean, interestingly enough, another thing I wanted to touch on is um, whether we're going to need to change up our approach to um, reaching out to new members to generate a new lead, so to speak, or whether the tried and tested methods will work or whether they're going to need a little bit of warming up to it. Because I've been, I mean, I'll be honest, as I always am on the podcast with this sort of stuff, I've been putting out uh, adverts via Facebook um social media that that the usual stuff nothing nothing that's not worked before and uh four let me say four or five days in now and we've had absolutely no hits on the uh contact us page at all all right so i'm like "Hmm." now i don't know whether it's maybe just a bit early yet whether you know it, it could be that that ad place or those those ads that have gone out 
are doing their job and they're sort of priming people. Yeah. You know, but I, I genuinely thought we might get, you know, a few um, people click that just to, you know, put their name on the waiting list for March. Um, yeah. But we've had none, none right. at all. Wow. So, okay. mm. I mean, it just might be the ads. Sometimes I run ads and have run ads and nothing happens. So then I switch them off and try a new approach. So it could just be down to. Yeah, it could be. It could be that, you know, people are waiting. I think a lot of people, I get the feeling, are in a kind of like holding pattern. They're not really willing to spend anything or start anything at the moment. They're just waiting to see, you know, March comes, right, we're back to tears, or March comes, you know, you're, you're let out to play. So I think there'll be a rush when that happens. You know, as soon as they say that you can start, you know, doing physical sports again, yeah, there'll be a, a, a big rush. But I would personally, if I was running a school, be putting out a lot of content and yep. boosting it out to the local community more on you know what you're doing to stay safe more on like the fact that you've not had any members come down with it as a result of training more on um how you're planning to reopen and and help the local community get back in shape and get fit kind of top of mind stuff rather than maybe specific offers to to a particular class or particular yeah group. i like that thought trying to thought you know the whole i mean people are going to be concerned aren't they i mean it's going to be yeah. especially parents with, with kids and stuff where yeah. that's concerned you know so maybe looking more at the, the more at how you've coped and, and how well you've done and the policies and procedures you've got in place as opposed to the stereotypical self-control yeah. self-discipline i think Absolutely. yeah at the minute they're probably looking more for right what's the easiest option for us to get them out of this house <laughs> yes. the day we're right. allowed to yeah who, who is making my life easiest who do i understand what are the offers, you know, what, you know, what, giving them as much information. I suppose. Yeah. That's, it's an interesting, an interesting thought. So you could just, um, you know, do Facebook posts that are more focused on engagement and then do them in the local, um, or Facebook ads more focused on engagement and do them in the local community, but more around, you know, this is Chris Jones from your martial arts school, um, where we, we've really taken the whole pandemic very, very seriously and have, um, these, measures in place xyz to protect our students give them a little tour show them what you know you've got in place and explain that you've had kids training in the school and in the safe numbers and there's been no cases that have come from your school so you're just reassuring people because your hardcore are going to come back as soon as they're allowed they're, they're beating at the doors you know that's your top 20 mm. percent but there's probably you know 60 70 percent who would like to come back but then maybe a little bit worried maybe need a bit of reassurance a bit of support a bit of knowledge that you are doing everything you can so that type of content is good so educational content yeah. that shows that you're being safe and that you're taking it seriously i think if you a lot of places that i know martial arts places they're not taking it seriously they're, they're kind of like half-assing it and just getting away with the minimum or locking the doors and letting people try, try yeah. all that stupidity so it, it's you know i think most people don't really want that they want to know that they're going to be safe their kids are going to be safe so that type of edu educational content i think is the way to go with you know a soft call to get in contact to find mm -hmm. out more mm, yeah and i mean i'm i'm starting to think about timetables um looking at the numbers that we've got now it, it's yeah. really really tricky to know what what's going to happen because whilst we still do have members on the books so to speak they are still paying 
Um, we are obviously we're still doing zooms and, and Facebook and, and additional content. I'm doing, in fact, I'm doing more now than we were previously. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how many of those do come back when we're told. It's, it's a weird one. They're, they're paying now. They're, 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 they're sort of lukewarm to the Zoom stuff. And part of me does think when they're given their okay to come back, whether that might be the trigger for them to stop. You know, sort of the opposite way around. So I, I'm kind of ready for that a little bit. Um, will I need to carry on with the Zooms a bit? I think I probably will. Yeah. It's a, it's a fine balance, isn't it, of... I don't want to lose four people that won't come in because they want to stay online. But at the same time, can I afford to compromise for the others, for those four? It's, you know, it's finding it because I can't do both. Well, I mean, I can do a live class on Zoom at the same time, but, you know, it, it is a little bit weird having a tripod plonked in the middle of it. It, it is, class. but people, I think, are kind of used to it and what i would do is not have the tripod in the middle of the class have it to one side and then teach the tripod like you would imagine it's just one student there. oh that's a nice idea so you have your class in front of you and you're teaching your class and then off to the side is the tripod and you can go to that you know and say okay so you, how are you guys doing and teach it like they were just a person in the class you just they're just involved in the class they feel like they're involved like that so I like that Put put a gi on the, the legs and a belt. <laughs> Just teach it, yeah. Uh, I think you do need to keep up with the online stuff because there are people who, you know, maybe have elderly relatives and, you know, people, key workers, etc. who, you know, they, they don't want to take the risk, but they do want to train. So, yeah, a mixture of physical, indoors, outdoors, online, pre-recorded courses, all of the stuff we've been doing, I think will still be in place probably until the end of summer, really. What a weird time. It's it so is, strange. It's been a and, weird year. And what's really cool is, you know, we've got these podcasts to listen back on however many years down the line. Oh, do you remember when? <laughs> yeah, yes, I know, yeah. We had to do 17 different things to keep our school open. <laughs> it's it's a, uh, it's just crazy. Um, and so I've been trying to help instructors with obviously, you know, the, the whole online thing and just helping them get that sorted. Yeah. Um, but also just talking to them in general about what they can do to protect themselves from it sort of happening again. And and a lot of instructors just don't want to hear it at the moment. They've just had enough. <laughs> they just, yeah. They're just hoping that things just pick up and recover. My, my fear is that they just go back into what they were doing 100% of course. And, don't, and don't do the things that they should be doing to protect. You know, but that's what we've done as an industry since time began. I mean, it's, right. you know, head in the sand, so to speak. But I mean, you look at, I think, um, in, I think it's hotel sectors. There was, and yeah. so there's a couple of other sectors that have already started pandemic planning. They've already started um, putting policies and drills in place for the next yeah. time this happens. Yeah. Smart. I mean, uh, exactly it is you know um be ahead of the curve and the, we're there's us going we kick each other here <laughs> well there's like a couple of schools of thought on this the reading i've been doing on it there's like um sort of events like this happen every hundred years like you know with the spanish flu and now this this thing this kind of big worldwide pandemic sort of thing so it could be that you know this doesn't happen again for another hundred years but i think it's much more likely that we're going to get lots of variations of corona and covid yeah. um popping up every 
possibly i mean if you plan for it happening every year then you're not going to be surprised and too disappointed when it does happen every year absolutely i mean if you look at it the same way as you know you 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 do a fire drill or you, you yeah. do a um a, 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 what's it a three every three years you do your first aid course you know yeah, your right. chances are you know you might not use it but if you'd you know, if they, if that old person does drop in your reception area, have a heart attack, and then you know the building sets on fire, you wanna you wanna be ready for it, don't you? So it's yeah. um, I think it's smart to plan plan for the worst and then and then be covered. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I I'm obviously no means an expert on this sort of stuff, but you look at the way the population, the world, you know, globally is just exploding. The way that where diets are changing, you know, the way that things are evolving, it is more and more likely, I would say, that these weird sort of new things are going to start popping up more and more. Yeah, it's just inevitable, isn't it? You know, it's um, you know, or aliens or land or something. <laughs> I'm going to plan for that. I'm planning for aliens landing. I'm going to put out a course now, ready for that. <laughs> ready for when the aliens are there. Yeah, come and Not join good. martial arts to kick the aliens in. Yeah, kick the aliens I like it. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> by the way, if anybody would like to uh, to take advantage of that, uh, kicking the aliens' ass off now, <laughs> I'll be doing Not online the... course on it this time next week. You'll be able to get it. I'm going to go and chat to Matt about it now. Um, awesome. Cool. So, what have you got? Anything got on at the minute? You know, anything coming up that people listening might be able to jump on or take advantage of? um not really I, i'm just doing what i'm doing you know I, I i offer people like a free 20 minute sort of zoom call if they just want to have a chat about stuff if they want to have a chat about cake if they want to have a chat about marketing or martial arts or online so that's always open if ever, anyone wants to have a chat or, or needs any help with all the sort of marketing online stuff uh, or cake eating I'm, I'm quite good at all three of those so those that's always available but i haven't really got anything uh, planned i think kind of on a, a subconscious level we're all kind of waiting aren't we yeah we're yeah so I'm not really like mm, like really excited about anything. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for March eighth until and then they can just let us know what's going on. Um, obviously, I've got the Mitmaster Super Seminar in May, which I've still got in the books. I've still got it confirmed, but I've, you know, oh. I, don't know, I don't know if that's going to be happening or not. We'll have to wait and see. Um, so yeah, that's about the most exciting thing I've got planned in the future. And I was pretty excited. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I do like doing that. It's a two-day seminar in London where I get instructors such as your good self to come and teach uh, with me, and it's all recorded and great fun. I'm just, you know, we'll have to wait and see what they say about group training indoors, won't we? Yeah. Might be uh, just doing a field. Oh, yes, could do it in a field. I know a guy with a really big field, actually, so I could just do it in a field. But um, the idea is, you know, if we're allowed to run that, um, I'll do two options. I'll do... You know, you can come and train and yes. do distancing, safety and, and training physically, I like um, it. maybe with a partner. But I'll also probably stream it live using something like a, a Mevo or something to stream it live on the Internet at the same time so that people can watch it at home if they want to. Smart. I like it. Got to do what you got to do, and you? Absolutely. On that note, I'm going to go do what I need to do now, which is go and get my multiple ipad setup ready to stream lots of martial arts content to the kids classes so i'll leave it there with you sir thank you for your time as always and we'll catch you up next time 
Pleasure, mate. Speak to you soon. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. Thank you, as always, to Matt Chapman for his time. Um, but yeah, thinking about what he was saying then about being ready for a pandemic every year. Could you imagine? In fact, let's not imagine. We don't even need to go there. We need to just get this one out of the way first. Oh, dearie me. Anyway, moving on to different things. So, I've already hinted at, teased at, kind of talked a little bit about different things that we've got going on. Um, In the coming days and weeks, just keep an eye out on the Facebook group. There's going to be a few announcements going on. Um, All positive stuff, I might add, so don't panic. Um, or maybe you were hoping I was going to go somewhere. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you on that one. Um, but no, joking aside, you know, we've got some important and exciting developments for the future of this podcast, which, as I said earlier on, you know, it's been going, what, 80-something episodes now, which is crazy, crazy to think. I was digging into the, some of the stats um, at the weekend, and so we'd had something like 19,000 listens or something, which is crazy in the scale of bigger podcasts you know it's not really bigger numbers but just to think that 19,000 times people have listened to me waffling on about martial arts but no again joking aside you know it it, it is amazing to think that we've got that support there and that it can only continue to grow really so as I do ask you know from time to time if you share the links across social media that really really does help so if you see me post something and you like the show just share it you know I'm not asking you to go sending it to everybody's inboxes I mean I'm not saying don't do that if you want to do that but no if you just share it that that really does help um, if you've got a, a Facebook group or a page that you like to use, that you think other people there might like these podcasts, share it there, tag them in the posts, that sort of stuff all really, really helps. Anyway, enough with selling my soul for promotion. <laughs> Moving on. So you may have seen, again, talking about teasers and hinting, that I've been dropping some Cobra Kai logos and little bits of, of hints and stuff here and there. Well, the next episode, shall we say, well... If you haven't already watched Cobra Kai, it would be worth going and catching up. I'll say that much. Okay, we might have a Cobra Kai special coming along. I can't come. I can confirm it nor deny it, but we may have a Cobra Kai special coming up, or maybe even two. But I've said I've said too much already. I've said too much already. Anyway, thanks again to everybody for your support. As I say, keep an eye on the Facebook page, on the Instagram, on the Twitter, all that stuff. Okay. If you don't know how to find those, if you go to our website, kickbackpodcast.com, you can get on there. Um, all the information is on there. Again, if you just search for Kickback with Chris on iTunes, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from, you'll be able to find the information there too. All right, guys. Thanks as always, and we'll speak next time. You're listening to Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk.